on watching, or go ahead and put the title up on the screen if you could. I, I've changed it so many times, as I said this morning, that I forget what I actually titled it this morning. Watching a harvest grow. Now, many times in our lives we are, you can go ahead and turn in your Bible to the book of Acts chapter 2, verse 41 through 47, if you're taking notes this morning. Uh, go ahead and uh, <clears throat> jot that down. Hallelujah. I'll have a few scriptures this morning, but... Uh, I want to turn this fan on, but I'm not, a, I'm not sure my notes are going to stay. I guess if Pastor Blake can do it, catch his notes. If they go flying, don't worry. I'll just forget about the notes. Amen? Is that okay? Yeah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But, you know, I got to thinking about, you know, as we, as we plant a garden. How many in here you, you've ever planted a garden? Or maybe I should rephrase myself. How many in, in here have ever attempted to plant a garden? <laughs> Amen. Now the truth comes out. Amen. Everybody's... Hands and feet up in the air, man. We've all tried it, and uh, I haven't had much luck doing that in my life. Uh, I've tried tomato plants. I've tried all different types of, of, of things. My kids actually got into gardening at one time, and it just got to the point where the birds overtook the berries, and the squirrels over, you know, ate all the vegetables. So it's like, you know, I'm wasting my time here. And, um, and, and I got to thinking about the church and what's going on right now in our church. And I see the growth. I see God bringing people in and, and, and lives being transformed and people's lives being changed. As Brother Jamie just gave a testimony as he opened up the service this morning, you know, that is a powerful testimony of what God is doing in this world today. Amen? He didn't just do it yesterday, but he's doing it today and he's doing it forever. Hallelujah. Amen? And that's the promise of God that we have today in our life is that God is in the miracle working business and he wants to see our lives transformed. Amen? I love the part where he said, nobody had to tell me to change the radio. Nobody had to tell me to take care of those posters. Nobody had to tell me to throw my drugs down the toilet and, and, and start a brand new life. Amen? That's a wonderful thing. And to be honest with you, there's no manual, there's no book in this world that's written that shows you how to do that. Other than this book right here. Amen? And if you'll just plant yourself into the Word of God, amen. Come on, give the Lord a bigger patty cake than that. Amen? Hallelujah. And so as we read in the book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 41 through 47, if you got that, you can read it in your Bible. If not, we have it up here on the board. It says, Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. <coughs> Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common, and, and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Praising God, now here's the key, praising God and having favor with all the people and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just come before you this morning, Lord. We lift up Pastor Blake, Pastor Duane, and Myra, God, that uh, you would be with them this morning. And Carrollton, God, I pray that you give Pastor Blake a word of wisdom and uh, knowledge for that church, God. 
for that family that we have in Carrollton, Texas, Lord. We thank you for this service. We thank you for every person that has come this morning to hear your word, God. I thank you for your transformation power. Lord, your anointing, your Holy Ghost that is in this place already moving upon us. Open our ears and our hearts and our minds, God, to receive your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, how many know that is, I'm losing my voice, so bear with me for just a moment. Some of you would say, glory to God, he's losing his voice. I don't have to hear the whole message. No, guess what? I've lost my voice completely and still preached. Amen? Because that's who the Holy Ghost is. Hallelujah. Because it's not me, it's the Holy Ghost that's up here ministering the word this morning. Amen? But how many are glad and, and know that it's a blessing to be a part of a growing church? Amen? If you're new in this place, I'm sure you can feel the excitement. You can feel the joy that is in our lives. There's a, this doesn't change. It's like this every single time we come into the house of God. Amen. When we come here, this is who we are. Amen. I like to tell people like this. I is who I is. Amen. If you want to be improper about things, I mean, that's as good as you can get. Hallelujah. But it's so wonderful to know we have a great pastor in this church. Pastor Blake and Carla have done a phenomenal job. And as, as I've mentioned before, but I know who they really are. I remember when they first came into our fellowship years ago, I saw the struggles. You look at them now and you say, wow, they're, they're just living a great life. Well, you, you don't know what people have been through. You don't know when, you know, there was times when me and Pastor Blake would go out to lunch and he didn't have money to pay for lunch. There was times when Pastor Blake, and I'm, I mean, I'm appreciative of who Pastor Blake is and who Carla is because I, I know where they've come from. I know who they are. And as you know who they are by now, they're your pastors, amen? They're our pastors. And I'm so glad to know that we're part of something that they're so obedient to God, just listening to God's word and, and being encouraged to minister the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, you know, pastoring a church is a difficult thing, but listen, you don't get tired in God when God is with you. That's like a marriage doesn't get tired with God if God is with you. Raising children does not get tiring if God is with you. And so we have to understand that. So we're a part of something that, that is powerful, a growing church. Now, growth, it's a natural result, now hear me out, of any healthy living organism. Amen? It, it really is. Where there's life, there should be growth. Did you hear what I said? Where there is life, there should be growth. Amen? And this is especially relevant to when we talk about the church today. Remember the New Testament church? We read about it. We're reading about it right here in the book of Acts. It was a church of dynamic growth. It was a church uh, of spiritual life where there was an excitement uh, where believers were added. Amen? Reach. Reach the lost. It was where disciples uh, were multiplied greatly, as the Bible says in the book of Acts, and that's where we teach. And that's also the number third, the third one is churches were multiplied because we send men out and women out to pastor the church, pastor it, it, to, go, to go out into the mission field, amen? Not just the mission field, but in our own mission field right here in the United States of America. We have several churches all over the world that we have planted. Over the years, it's, it's well over it's several hundred churches that have been planted, amen? And God is doing a great thing in our fellowship. And it's amazing to me to sit back and watch. Uh, I remember uh, most of these kids, I mean, I've been in the church and the fellowship for 41 years. My wife was born into this fellowship, amen? And uh, I'll tell you what, it's, it's, um, it's, it's amazing to sit back and watch what God has done throughout the years, to see the lives that have been changed and transformed. And on the other hand, to see people that have come in, given their lives to Jesus Christ, uh, but turned away from the things of God. 
But we have here today something that is powerful, something that is, is, is magnificent, amen, if we could call it that. It's an explosion of what God wants to do in this city of Denton, Texas, amen? So where you find growth, it's the result of dynamic, divine, spiritual life being ministered. In other words, the word of God is being spoken in this place. The truth is preached, hallelujah, and people getting their needs met on a daily basis in this place. You can go every day of the week, there's something going on. There's a, there's a, a life group here, life group over here. Something's always going on, discipleship on Friday mornings at 5.30. And I'm telling you something, God is doing something in every one of these aspects, amen? You might say, well, I can't make it to this, but I can do this. You might not be able to make it to this group, but, you know, ladies, there's, there's ladies groups. And don't you, you do a ladies group, right? Somebody does a ladies group. Somebody, Laura's doing a, somebody's doing a, a, a ladies group. Hallelujah, amen. I'm still learning everybody's names. I've only been here a month. Amen? So I have an excuse. Glory to God. So anyways, there's always something that's going on in the church. So we don't have an excuse to not get involved because let me just tell you this. Where you hear tired old clicks and excuses in the church, you'll find a tired, old, dead, dry church. Amen? You ever found yourself giving excuses for why things are the way they are? I mean, don't shout me down this morning. Amen? I know we give excuses for why things have happened to us in our lives. And many times we've given so many excuses that we begin to believe our own excuses. My wife and I have a saying in our, in our marriage. We, we tell each other, my wife uh, and I, we've we made an agreement that we're not going to fight. You're looking at me like I'm lying. But let me tell you the truth. My wife and I, we don't fight. And, and it, it's, not, it's not worth the fight. Did you hear what I said? It's not worth the fight. It's like having a bad day and then just telling everybody around you you're just having a bad day. Well, it's pretty evident you're having a bad day. And yes, we do have a disagreements, okay? So we are human. But we're not going to sit there and take it to the next level and let it cause a division in our relationship. We're going to step on it. We're going to smash it. Uh, and we're going to just take it to the Lord. Because without God, there's no hope in any marriage in this place. And so we take that to God, and, you know, there's a few minutes of separation in that moment, but we've always come back to it and just said, you know what, it's not even worth arguing over, and, and you know, it's, it's mostly when she asks me to do the dishes. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I love to do dishes. Don't I love to do dishes? I just can't finish all the dishes. You guys get to knowing us a little bit better. There's something about me that you'll find out. I, I, I really cannot finish the dishes. I love to do them. I will get up and I will help do dishes. I get all the way to the very end and the last five or six dishes, and she says it's usually the pots and pans, you know, the most, the dirtiest thing. I just give up. I'm done. I, I, I wash my hands, turn the water off. I start drying off and I walk away. And I don't even realize I'm doing it. Okay? But, you know, really, in, in, in reality, and I use that example because sometimes that's the way we are in our life, in our spiritual life is we get to the point where we get to the very end of where God's ready to, you say, well, God just never blessed me like he's blessing so-and-so. God's never really done for me what he's done for so-and-so. Well, do you realize that maybe you stopped right before God was about to bless you? Amen? I'll tell you what, doing the dishes for my wife is rewarding. She'll come up and hug me and say thank you and give me a kiss, and she's so appreciative that I helped her do the dishes. But sometimes I quit before I can even get my kiss. Sometimes I quit before she can come up and wrap her arms around me and say, thank you so much. Now we're going to see a lot of you men this week trying to do dishes. 
Amen. Well, don't stop there. Vacuum the floor too. Amen. Glory to God. So I want to continue ministering here. So don't shut me off. Okay, now I got you doing chores in the house. Hallelujah. I'm going to talk about just a few things, a few factors that make churches grow. Number one, a burning heart. You know, we need to have a burning heart for the Lord. And I think the word that comes to mind when, when I was uh, preparing for this message was the word zeal. And this word zeal is a powerful word. The, see, the quality of zeal and enthusiasm, they were a very big part of a dynamic growth in the church in the book of Acts. That zeal, that excitement, uh, what those men, uh, what they felt in their life, what the disciples and everybody that was dealing with, with in the life of Jesus at that particular time, there was a zeal. They were excited. They'd seen the miracles. They'd seen God's work and, and all the power and the anointing. These people were just plain excited about living their lives for God. Remember what it was like when you first got saved? You came in, you were, you were gung-ho, man. You were, woo, I'll do it. Let's do this. I was talking to a brother this morning. He says, you know, I says, man, you're going to be preaching soon. He's like, man, I miss that. You know what? You don't have to miss it. There's an opportunity every single day for every single one of us to minister the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I love to say that it starts within our home. Many people talk about wanting to go out and pastor a church. It's wonderful. But you better know that it's God. Amen? You better hear from the Lord. My pastor told me years ago, you better know that it's God. Because if not, it'll be a miserable life out there if you're just doing it to do it. Amen? So I'm telling you, it's very important that we understand what God's will is for our life. As pastor's been ministering on this for the last few weeks, but knowing what God's will is for our life is a very important thing. Amen? But having the zeal to understand that, you know what, no matter what I'm going through in my life, God's going to bring me through it because I'm excited about what I'm doing. You need to be excited about what you are doing for God. And so they understood there was an excitement in their lives to serve God, to experience his power working through them, to see their world touched for Christ. Amen. How many would like that everything you do would be touched by God? How would you love that no matter who you spoke to in your family about Jesus, they would accept him as their Lord and Savior? How many would love, as you pray for your children, they come back running because your prayers touched heaven, amen? See, that's what we're talking about today, having a zeal, not being discouraged, not being beat up because you've been in a fight with your husband or your wife, or not because your children disobeyed you and did something they shouldn't have done, but I'm talking about having the fire of God down in your spirit to, to understand that no matter what they're going through, no matter what you're going through in your life, that our children are coming back, hallelujah, amen? Did you hear what I said this morning? I said our children are coming back. The Bible says these men have turned the world upside down. It was a powerful thing. These people were people whose hearts were on fire, filled with the enthusiasm for the cause of Jesus Christ. There was something boiling down inside their spirit, amen? This is an essential to growth and to have real revival in the church. If there's no excitement, no one's going to want to be a part of it. Now, I'm not saying to make it, just make it exciting. No, I'm talking about being excited. You say, well, people don't, people can't be excited. I got news for you. I got a perfect example today. We saw it right here before our eyes. This sound man back here, okay, he says, I'm just the sound man. But what you all don't understand is I remember the day that this man came to church and didn't give a rip about nothing. Amen? I mean, he loved people. He loved people. He was, and I can talk about him because I have a part of, of, of his testimony. 
Because I spoke into his life just as well as Pastor did, and many people have. But I spoke into this man's life, and I remember the day, I'll never wear a tie. I'll never get in the church. I mean, this man's in a suit up here. He's up here with a smile on his face talking to us about going to conference. I mean, he did everything but pull a gun out and tell you you're going to conference. Amen? That's a miracle right there. That is what God is doing in this place. He is in the miracle working business. He's doing a miracle through lives, uh, changing lives, and using that life as an instrument to win, the God, win people for Jesus. Amen? Praise God. You remember the day of Pentecost, there was 120 that were gathered, filled with the Holy Ghost. But what happened? Through those people, they made an influence. They made a big influence on everything that went around them. You say, well, I don't know anybody that's making an influence other than, you know, our pastors and, and just certain leaders in the church because, you know, sometimes we get an attitude. We don't like certain people. I know there's nobody like that in this church. You love, you love everybody, right? It's like that one time I was in a plane with Pastor Jones in Panama City. We were in a little tiny airplane. and We, we had just taken off, and the plane takes off into the air. And all of a sudden, there was just a little bit of a, a bump. I just thought it was turbulence. I didn't know the difference. Pastor Jones has been on many thousands of flights. He's been across Africa in little tiny airplanes, propeller planes where the plane flipped upside down. And, I, and I've been on a couple of those with him, but I'm going to tell you, not in Africa, but in, in uh, Costa Rica. But that day as that plane went up in the air and that little bump went like this, guess what happened? He leans over to me and he says to me, he says, look out that window and tell me what you see. I'm like, this dude, he's messing with me. Because I'm afraid to fly. I used to be afraid to fly. He says, look out that window and tell me what you see. And I looked out that window and I said, I see water. He says, yep, I knew it. I said, what are you talking about? <laughs> You're crazy. What are you talking about? He says, this pilot, he says, we blew an engine and this pilot has turned this plane around. He said, make sure your seatbelt is tight. Not two seconds after he said that to me, the pilot comes on. He says, uh, we are making an emergency landing. Everybody fast, everybody prepare yourself for a, a rough landing. Man, he looked over at me. He says, you got any sin in your life? I said, no, sir. I love everybody. I said, I love everybody. And I meant it. I said, Dad, pray with me. I, I grabbed his hand. I said, we were praying, man. And he just started, Lord, guide this airplane, man. I'll tell you what. God just helped us in that moment. But that airplane landed. We're here today. Glory to God. We're still alive. Amen? But listen, I'm going to tell you the truth. Sometimes we're looking for somebody that has zeal in our life. Somebody, sometimes we're looking for somebody with an excitement in their life. You say, well, who, who could that be? Well, John Wesley was one. He was a man of zeal. Let me tell you about Wesley. He said this. He said, give me 100 men who love God with all their hearts and fear nothing but sin, and I will move the world. That's what he said. Peter and John, remember, Peter and John, they were arrested for preaching, and the church prays, Lord, give us more boldness to speak thy word. Listen, it didn't matter what kind of trouble these men were in, the church wanted to be just like them. We, we, they were ready to sacrifice everything in their own life, just even go to jail, just to preach the gospel. Amen? Moses marched up to Pharaoh, says, let my people go. Pretty bold to walk up to God, tell God what to do. Or tell, tell God's anointed one to what to do. Careful to bring, bring correction to your pastors. Amen? But I will tell you this. 
Moses and Pharaoh's nothing, nothing like a, a pastor or a leader, but he was a leader of a nation. He was a leader of some people. He says, let my people go. He understood he was going about to die if that was the case, but God was behind it. See, he had a zeal. He had a power. He had an anointing that he was not afraid of. Let me tell you something. Let me just chase one little tiny rabbit here if I could. You know, when we speak into your life, we're speaking truth. We're not trying to direct traffic in your life, but we're trying to protect you from the vials of this earth. We're trying to protect you from the enemy that comes against us and destroys and kills and destroys. We're not trying to uh, tell you that, you know, because you wore a certain shirt uh, that you're this or that. No, no, no. We're trying to help you and encourage you. I told my kids, I've told my kids for years that you ain't getting no tattoos. Pastor preached on this last week. You ain't getting no tattoos. You ain't getting no earrings. We don't put fishing tackle in our face. Amen? Now, I'm just going to leave it there. I'm not criticizing you. I promise you if you have something in your face, I'm not. I can't even see you, to be honest. I took my glasses off. See that right there? Here they are. So I'm not talking about that, but I'm telling you, it is, it is corrective criticism, but with love. God has a way of speaking through an anointed man of God or woman of God into our lives. And it's not to be critical. It's not to be ugly towards somebody, but it's to help them, to encourage them how to walk. I, I knew a guy one time, he was a gangbanger, and he got saved, gave his life to the Lord. He still kept coming in with his big old pants, came down. I mean, you know, you ever seen them lowriders? They walk like this. You ever seen them? And they got that walk, and they're walking like this. And they walk, and they... I mean, that's how they walk. And so I walked up to this guy one day, and, you know, everything he said was, Vato. Hola, Vato. Que pasó, Vato? You know, that's all he could say in Spanish. The rest of it was English. But, you know, he carried the world after he got saved, and he continued to talk that way. So what we have to understand is God puts people in our lives that say, listen, now that we're saved, we, we don't talk like we used to talk when we were saved, when we weren't saved. I mean, don't shout me down this morning. I mean, I know it's the truth, amen, because I've been spoken to myself. But we don't act like we used to act. We don't act like the world anymore because we are not of this world. Hallelujah, amen. We are just a passing through, glory to God. That's all it is. But when someone speaks to you and says, hey, Maybe you ought to try this. Maybe you ought to do this. Believe me, my kids, they were upset at us many times because we didn't like the way they did their hair or we didn't like the way they dressed or we didn't like this. We spoke into their life. But I'll guarantee you this, my kids never told me to shut up. My kids never told me. I'm, I'm in the grocery stores and I hear these kids telling their parents, you know, to be quiet and don't talk to me this way. My kids are talking like this. <laughs> Amen. I mean, it's the truth, amen? So there are people that have a zeal in their life. Remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? These men were stuck in a fiery furnace. I mean, these men weren't afraid of nothing. The Holy Ghost was with them, amen? No matter what was going on in their life, they had a boldness. Uh, they had an anointing in their life, and God did great and mighty things in their life. You see, the world is looking for something to be enthusiastic about. It's the truth. They're looking at, for something to be excited about. The Cowboy game's getting ready to start right now. You know how I know? Because I can see some of you setting your phones. That's how I know. Huh. Ha-la-ba-ha. Yeah. I can see some of you all checking the scores, you know. In our church in Phoenix, my wife and I, we pastored a church in Phoenix for five years. And I'm going to tell you something. Every Sunday. And this is the crazy thing. Our church was in a temporary building. It was in a steakhouse. And that steakhouse had big screen TVs all the way around it. And they had 
you know, as their employees were preparing, preparing the food, they had all the TVs on. And so I had to put stuff in front of those TVs so that our guys wouldn't be watching during, during church. And, I, you know, I was on them, too. Every time I see them, I'm like, hey, what are you looking at? And I'd be preaching like that. Hey, what are you looking at? I'd catch them off guard. You can't fall asleep when I'm preaching. Amen. That's just what I tell you right now. You ain't going to fall asleep with me preaching. Because I'm telling you what, I just know when it's time to stop my foot. Amen. But the world is looking for something enthusiastic. They're looking to get crazy. You know, you see two teenagers, they want to run across the street and they're looking like this. You think that's bad? Go to a foreign country. Watch how they try to cross the street in a foreign country. They're like, they don't know when to go. You know why they don't know when to go? Because those cars aren't stopping there like they do here. You can take one foot out in the street here and they might stop for you, okay? I'm saying might. Don't try it, okay? People are looking for something excited. You know, when they get in their homes, they're depressed. They're angry. They're fighting with somebody. There's always a war going on in their life with somebody, against somebody. They're always trying to figure something out or how to fix a problem in their life. And let me tell you something. They're looking for a ball game. They're looking for some noise. They're looking for crowds to go to because they can hide in those crowds. It's easy to jump up. My wife is so quiet and reserved. But, man, I took her to a ball game. I took her to so many ball games. She hates going to ball games. She only loves to go because of me. But she doesn't like to be there. And I'm telling you what, but I would get her in those places. And I said, you're lying to me. You do love to be here. Look at you getting all happy and excited. One time she jumped up and she yelled, go Broncos! And it was actually the Chiefs that scored. And then, of course, when I was mean because my team was losing, I'm a Bronco fan. We've been losing a lot lately. And I'm sitting in front of that TV and I'm mad and I got my attitude on and she'd walk by. I hate the Broncos. That's what she'd say. I hate the Broncos. I hate the Broncos. And it would stir me up. But let me tell you what. People are looking for something for, to be enthusiastic about. We're looking for something new. We're looking for a fresh touch. We're looking for something to wake us up. Jesus said, go out into all the world and preach the gospel. Let me tell you something. You cannot have sin in your life, and it cannot be there and be, be alive if you are ministering the gospel of Jesus Christ to somebody. I tell people all the time, if you're discouraged in your walk with God, go out and tell somebody about Jesus. Uh, oh, if you're struggling with a sin in your life, go out and tell somebody about Jesus because you cannot sin and tell someone about Jesus at the same time. I don't even care if you're a pervert. You like looking at girls. You're not going to look at the girl you're preaching to because the Holy Ghost is so strong and it, it'll, it'll overtake that. Amen? That doesn't mean if you're a pervert, you need to, you need to get dealt with. I'll just say that. Amen? Praise God. You know, there's got to be a continual steady growth in our lives. Christians all over the world are starved and troubled, carnal when they lose their eternal perspective. And as destiny comes to play, and just she's going to play for just a few minutes here, I want to just get something real simple to us this morning. When the church gets earthly-minded, it gets grounded. And I mean grounded as not in a good way. Being grounded in a good way is a good thing. But being grounded because of consequences, because of circumstances, that's being a slave to something that, that has you bound. 
we have to understand this morning that we should not be uh, earthly minded. Amen? He says, because he lives, ye shall live also. We shall live also. One thing that really encouraged me is the Word of God says something very specific. i got so many scriptures. I'm not even going to go there this morning. If you want some scriptures, you could ask for them. We can get them to you somehow. But with an eternal perspective, the power of materialism is broken. So when we see things Christ's way, this particular spirit that comes upon us because we want so much of, of the world, what the world has to offer, it can be broken. Paul said, we sorrow not as others who have no hope. The New Testament Christians have discovered the reality of the unseen. Amen? And that's what having a sanctified mind was about. Because you view your life with an eye for eternity. Not to your problems today. Not what you've been through in your past. But what you're excited about that God is going to do in your life from here on out. You know, there's hope for every one of us in this place. You say, well, I failed. I messed up. I've, I've thrown my life away. I've lost my children. I've lost this. I've lost that. Let me tell you something today. There's hope for you. And one of the reasons, one of the, one of the ways to get, to understand what that hope is, is to, to be in fellowship with one another. It's when we come together in fellowship. It's when we come together and we encourage one another. It's when we understand that uh, it's something that is uh, desperately needed in the, in the church body today. It's like a man that has a family, but they don't communicate, they don't talk. That is so unhealthy. All it is is a recipe for failure. But when we bring things together and when we talk about these things, our family, we, we sit, we try to sit. It's, it's gotten kind of crazy now, but we try to sit at the table. And we sit down and talk. We eat dinner. And I understand life is fast. It's quick. But you can get more done in 10 minutes when you're, when you're godly, when it's spiritual, and the Holy Ghost will move. You say one little thing, and that, that little seed begins to just dwell up in that soul. And God begins to convict. And I know I feel the Holy Spirit just dealing with some people right now. I'm going to have every head bowed, ask every head bowed, and every eye closed this morning. And I'm going to be honest with you this morning. The fellowship crisis is why most people backslide. You know, we can say all day long that we're not a people person. That I'm just quiet, I'm just this, I'm just that. But I'll guarantee you if I threw a bucket of $100 bills in the middle of this floor, every single one of you shy people would probably be the first one up. Because that's the way it works. And we need to have that enthusiasm for the things of God. If you're in the middle of a fight with somebody in your life, you need to be enthusiastic about what God can do in that situation. You need to understand that no matter what you did, it's washed in the blood of Jesus. All you have to do is say, I'm sorry, please forgive me, and I'm wrong. Those three things will save you for the rest of your life. But only with God. 
You cannot do it alone. And I see in this church, what I see here being a part of this church for, we've been a part of this church for years since you guys planned, I think 11 years, is that right? 11 years, but, but living here now and being a part of your everyday life, I see God restoring some people. I see God restoring some relationships. Our marriages are going to be better. Our family life is going to be better. Our walk with God is going to be better. Our personal intimate time with the Lord is going to be better. Why? Because we're hearing the word of God being ministered to us, and it's the truth. And I want to give you an opportunity this morning. You're here today. You say, Pastor, I'm not saved. I'm not right with God. And I want to be saved. I see your honest heart. How many? You're here today. You say, I want to be right with God. I want to be saved. Just lift your hand up. Put it right up. Put it right back down. I want to pray for you. How many more all over this place? I see these hands. Praise God. Don't be afraid. Don't be shy. Listen, today is the day of salvation. doesn't matter what you've been through. It doesn't matter what you're going through today. It does matter to God. But it, 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 that circumstance is not going to keep you back from what God has for you today is what I'm trying to say. God wants to set you free. He wants to deliver you today. How many more? Be honest with yourself. Be bold. Be strong. Say, you know what? Today's the day. I'm going to give my life to Jesus. Just put your hand up and put it right back down so I can pray for you, so I can see it. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. How many more? Amen. I see that hand. I see these hands. Praise God. Let's all stand to our feet this morning. You know, God has a very interesting way of saying things to us. You know, even, even as we minister the Word of God, I feel the conviction of God just dealing with all of us in this place. It's amazing. It's amazing to see how the Holy Spirit just begins to move. And it's almost like a, a, a pinball machine where the, the ball just, just bounces, 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 bounces. But you know, we have lost a zeal that only comes from God. It only comes from the Lord. And God wants us to bring this back. If you raise your hand, I want to pray with you. Can you come up this morning? I want to pray with you. Is that okay? Yeah, come on up. Don't be shy. Don't be shy. Brother, come on. Yes. Just stand right here. I'm going to have some people come down just, just to stand with you for just a moment. Can I get somebody? Casey, come on down with him. I want to tell you both something that's very important. Maybe you didn't lift your hand. Maybe you're shy. Maybe you just didn't want to come down this morning. But I want to just encourage you this morning that whether you lifted your hand or not, you can give your life to Jesus Christ. It's a surrendering. It's a turning away from sin. And saying, Lord, I'm going to trust you. We're going to pray that prayer this morning. And we're going to ask God to help us all. And I want to ask you to pray the same prayer with me this morning. Let's repeat after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I turn to you this morning. And I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I ask you to come into my life. Make yourself real to me. Help me to understand your word. And help me to discipline myself to be committed to you. I thank you for saving me. I thank you for setting me free. I thank you for coming into my life. I am saved. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah.
Praise the Lord. I want, I, want you, I want you just to stay here at this altar. Let me tell you something. It don't matter how many times we've been at an altar. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I can't even count how many times I went to an altar. I'll even be more honest with you. I can't even count how many times I've been at the altar as a pastor asking God to forgive me of my sins. Now I'm not out there robbing banks and chasing wild women. I could barely handle the one I got. But there's sin in all of our lives. And we would be crazy to even act like there's nothing wrong in our life. I guarantee you, if I had marriage problems, this old boy and my woman, we're going to be at the altar. If I had financial problems, <laughs> we're going to be at the altar, which we're always at the altar for something. Because without God, there's no hope. Without God, let me tell you something. And, and, and while I'm speaking, I want to just ask if everyone here would just make their way forward this morning. This is a fresh anointing that God is going to give you today. Not because I come and pray for you, because I'm not going to do that this morning. But I want you to just come here. This is a place of reference, of a place of refuge, where God will come into your life and just begin to speak to you. I'm not going to embarrass anybody. I promise you, I will not embarrass you at all. But I'll tell you what, when you make a step of faith and you come down to this altar and you just talk to the Lord, you, if you're married, I want you to hold your husband's hand or your, your wife's hand. And if, if, if you have children here that, that you, just, you just, just wrap them, wrap them in your arms, just hold them. Because I really feel like for our, our next step where God is taking us as a church, I'll tell you what, right now, Pastor Blake is so excited. Man, I, I, I'm, I'm just crazy enough to believe that God sent my family here to be a part of this. I, I, I'm so crazy. Wait. Man. Y'all don't know. Y'all don't know. I'm already picking up your words, too, y'all. Y'all just don't know how happy we are, how blessed we are to be here. Not just to be here and to be away from where we were, because we were happy. We're okay. God, God had us. But to be a part of what God is about to do in this place. I mean, it's, it's explosion. Looking back here, we took the roof down. Those that know, we, we took the whole roof down this last weekend. Pastor Blake was in here on Thursday. They tore the roof. He can't wait. Once, once, once God speaks to him, he just cannot wait. And that man, he's like a stick of dynamite. He just plugs it in and boom, it's done. But he takes pride in what he does. It's, it's very important to him. And if we don't catch that, if we don't see that, if we don't run with that, you, let me just be honest. I'm just gonna be, can, can I just take liberty here for just a few minutes? Most people don't have that. 99% of the churches that are out in this world don't have that type of leadership. It's preach the gospel, go home. Oh, don't forget to go to the restaurant. We try to get you out of here to beat the Baptist to the restaurant, but it just ain't happening. Amen? But most churches, it's go to church, go to the restaurant, go home. You look like you're hitchhiking. Go to church, go to the restaurant, and go home. That's what it's like. But here there's an excitement. There's an explosion. 
there's something going on in this place that we have to catch. And, and I'm kind of glad that pastor's not here right now because I can have this liberty to say this to you. But if we could catch it, whew, hmm. oh, I saw my brother. Tell me your name again, brother. You, right there. Yeah, you. Jeff, that's right. I saw Jeff, and she already told me her name. Where is his wife at? Patty. She's in the back teaching. I saw them last night. They should have been in bed. It was too late to be at Walmart. <laughs> we were in bed. We, we should have been in bed. That's why I say that. We saw them at Walmart last night. It, it was almost like having church in a Walmart. We were just excited just to see each other. I'm in sweatpants and a sweatshirt. Pastor Blake would have dogged me out for wearing a big sweatshirt at, here in Texas, amen? But I was in a sweatshirt. We just had a good old time in the Walmart saying hi to each other. If we could all just catch this, man, I'm telling you, one, brother, God wants to use you. I don't know anything about your situation, nothing about you, other than you're a heck of a barbecue grill cooker, man. <laughs> But I don't know anything about your family. I haven't pried. I haven't asked anything. I don't know anything. But I want you to know something that God is saying to you right now. And I know you're feeling this in your spirit because this whole service, I just felt you just burning. There was a burn in your spirit during the service. That God is saying he's not done with you yet. He said he's just beginning. It's a new work. It's a new thing. And that's what God's saying to you. Be encouraged by that. Amen. I love you, brother. Praise God. Let's worship the Lord this morning.